It's not a rerun, guys. It's 2021. It's January. And we're talking impeachment. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Worst Groundhog Day ever. We're talking impeachment. I want to share with you what they're doing on the House. It's Gerald Nadler, Democrat who led uh, the impeachment proceedings last time around. Oh, wait till you hear who's leading the impeachment proceedings this time around as an impeachment manager if it gets through the House. I think it will. I'm not so sure it will. But I want you to hear what they say. They're taking like a minute each, and Gerald Nadler's been talking. Uh, David Cicilline, or Cicilline, is one of the impeachment managers. Uh, I, I spared you, Gerald Nadler. I love you too much. He's talking right now. Let's take it to Representative David Cicilline of Rhode Island. So is Congress prepared to meet for the sacred ritual of certifying the results of the presidential election? The president made his move. He directed his supporters to travel to Washington for a rally to stop the steal. They did. He then, once assembled, he had one final request. March on the U.S. Capitol. Do what it takes to help me hold on to power. We will never give up. We will never concede, he told them. You, you, if you don't fight like hell, he warned, you're not going to have a country anymore. The people on the ellipse that day heard his message loud and clear. They answered his call for insurrection. As the third-ranking Republican in this chamber put it, he summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. Armed with guns, pipe bombs, bats, shields, zip ties, and more, they set their sights on the U.S. Capitol. They stormed the citadel of our democracy. Hundreds of domestic terrorists did what Donald Trump wanted them to do. They seized the Capitol and tried to end our country's 234-year experiment in democracy, as the Trump family and White House aides watched gleefully on television. They searched the halls of this building for the vice president, who they came to hang for treason. They overran the office of the speaker, who they came to assassinate. They sought above all else to seize control of our government in the name of Donald Trump. Let that sink in. The terrorists who stormed this building planned to hang the vice president, kill the speaker, and topple our government. They took down the American flag and replaced it with a Trump flag. I ask my colleagues on the other side of the aisle who are not planning to vote for this article, is this the kind of country you want to live in? What are you going to tell your children and grandchildren when they ask what you did in this moment? Did you stand for the republic or for this president? Heed the words of Abraham Lincoln, the first Republican president who told our country that a house divided against itself cannot stand. This great house in which he served cannot and will not endure if we do not stand together now. The president and the terrorists who stormed these halls last Wednesday did not succeed in toppling our republic. We must ensure they never do. I implore you to join us in supporting this article, and I yield back. Gentleman yields back. The gentleman from New York reserves his time. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I would yield one minute to the gentleman from New Jersey, Mr. Van Drew. The gentleman from New Jersey is recognized for one minute. We've been here before. We've done this before. This has failed before. We've fractured our nation using the same process before. Congress must be the glue that starts unifying everyone. By the time this process would conclude, the man they want out of office will no longer even be the president. If we want unity, this is not the way.
America was and is the leading light in the world. This proceeding has continued to cloak our nation in darkness. Nearly half the country supports our current president. This takes their voice away. We must be bigger and better than the most base of instincts that have been driving our political discourse. It is destroying us. Let's link arms with one another and begin to heal. Let's stop this impeachment. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. The gentleman from Ohio reserves. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the distinguished gentleman from Colorado, Mr. Neguse. The gentleman from Colorado is recognized for one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Thank you to the chairman. President Trump's actions, encouraging, inciting a mob that stormed the United States Capitol for the sole purpose of stopping the constitutionally mandated counting of electoral votes, cannot go unanswered by this body. He must be impeached. If Congress does not act, if we shrink from our constitutional responsibilities to defend our republic, it will undoubtedly undermine the vision of America as the last best hope of Earth, as Abraham Lincoln so eloquently said so many years ago. So to the millions of Americans watching today, I hope you understand that we are proceeding on this path out of love for our country. I will honor my oath today. I will vote for impeachment. And I pray that my colleagues will muster the courage to do the same. And with that, I yield back. The gentleman yields back. The gentleman from New York reserves. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Madam Speaker, we reserve. Gentleman from Ohio reserves. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield two minutes to the distinguished gentleman from South Carolina, Mr. Clyburn. The gentleman from South Carolina is recognized for two minutes. Thank you, Madam Speaker. And I thank the gentleman for the yielding of time. Madam Speaker, I rise in support of the article of impeachment. Last Wednesday, we gathered to follow the Constitution's simple instruction to count the electoral votes that have been tallied by the states and submitted to us. This president refused to accept those results. Instead, he sought to overturn them by inciting a violent insurrection. But we were not deterred from doing our constitutional duty. Today, we must do our constitutional duty once again. While the president failed in his attempt to upend our democracy last Wednesday's events, make clear that if we do not hold him accountable and remove him from power, a future attempt could very well be successful. The survival of our democracy depends on defeated candidates accepting their defeats, as has been the case in every president's election since 1864. Our January 6th joint session is a vital part of the transfer of power, not the contest for power. Vice President Gore understood this, accepting and certifying the 2000 election result in which he was defeated. Vice President Biden understood this, accepting and certifying this president's victory in the 2016 election. This president's refusal to participate in the peaceful transfer of power and his role in the exciting of the last week's violence pose an existential threat 
to our constitutional democracy. This threat must be extinguished immediately. This president must be impeached and convicted, and he must be prevented from ever attempting to seize power again. With that, I'll yield back. The gentleman yields back. The gentleman from New York reserves. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Uh, thank you, Madam Speaker. I yield two minutes to the gentleman from Colorado, Mr. Buck. The gentleman from Colorado is recognized for two minutes. I thank the gentleman for yielding time. Madam Speaker, I've heard that uh, President Trump radicalized the group that the rioters who stormed this Capitol. And I would say that we need to look no further than ourselves to find out what happened and to look at history. Americans were frustrated when they learned that the FBI was investigating the Trump campaign. They were frustrated to learn that the Obama administration and the DNC had created this false campaign against the Trump administration. They, they were frustrated, Madam Speaker, when the, the inauguration of the president was boycotted by over 40 Democrat members of this House. They were frustrated to read in the New York, in the Washington Post the day after the inauguration, let the impeachment begin. They were frustrated when members of this House spoke over and over about impeaching the president days into his administration. And then the socialists in Hollywood joined their allies in Congress. Robert De Niro said that he wanted to punch the president in the face. Madonna thought about blowing up the White House. Kathy Lee Griffin held up a, a likeness of the president's uh, beheaded head. And nothing was said by my colleagues at that point in time. In fact, one Democrat colleague said that Trump supporters should be harassed wherever they are, in restaurants, on the street, in supermarkets. During this prime, the president was under investigation by a special counsel who found no collusion, no conspiracy with Russia. The president's supporters were harassed. Ajit Pai, the, the uh, head of the FCC, was called a dirty, sneaky Indian. His children were harassed in school. The press secretary, Kirsten Nelson, was I'm sorry, the press secretary, Sarah Sanders, was kicked out of a restaurant for being a Trump uh, employee. The DHS secretary, Kirsten Nelson, harassed by their home. Trump donors. Well, sorry about that. They take a quick break. That was Ken Buck from Colorado. Talking about the people who've been thrown out here, thrown out there, thrown out everywhere. Maybe everybody's acted in a way that's just terrible. Well, that's a That's a take. I don't know if it's enough to convince Democrats that what they're doing is making life for Joe Biden very difficult. They are debating impeachment. We're covering all of it. This is Tony Katz today. Somebody left me a message. I'd like to know why the White House comment line has been shut down. I have no idea. I didn't even know the White House had a comment line. I would have made comments. I mean, I could make them here. I could might as well just call them and make a comment. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Still on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Go to Rumble. Subscribe to the podcast, rumble.com. They are still speaking about impeachment. Look, if I'm being asked, oh, of course it's a mistake. I don't actually think America has the stomach for it. I think America is disgusted. But America's been disgusted with violence. And now that it happened at the Capitol, it's worse violence? Let's be clear about some things. Some pretty gross things happened at the Capitol. 
You've got guys with zip ties searching out the vice president to hang them. That's messed up. That's messed up. What happened with Capitol Police? You know, it's so weird to hear people say, oh, if it was Black Lives Matter, they'd be treated differently. I have no proof of that because I saw Black Lives Matter, uh, which is to say uh, these rioters take over a couple square blocks of Seattle for over a month and nothing happened to them. So I'm not so sure. But if you ask me or you say to me, shouldn't Capitol Police have responded with force? I'll say to you, yes. Yes, I, I, I do believe that. I do believe it. Well, Tony, when is it right to stand up and fight? I'll get into that. Producer Ari, where are we? Who's speaking right now? Uh, the Chinese spy lover. Eric Swalwell himself? In the flesh. Put him up. I'm sorry that you're living in fear, but now is a time to summon your courage to guide you. We have all seen the images of the courageous officers who have risked their lives so that you could flee this floor and see your families. That was almost a week ago right now. Officers engaged in hand-to-hand combat for hours with these terrorists. Capitol Police were spit on, beaten, stampeded, and one of them lost their lives. I'm not asking you to summon the courage that they did. I'm just asking you to do your job and the hold this president time accountable. Has expired. The it's gentleman good. from New York reserves. It's always good when Eric Swalwell is lecturing to us. Now, Eric Swalwell is going to be one of the impeachment managers if this goes through. Eric Swalwell is having sex with a Chinese spy. Okay, I'm not 100% sure, but he's got the pictures with the Chinese spy. The Chinese spy was having sex with a lot of other people. I mean, it's unbelievable how she was trying to sleep her way to the top. Why would I not think that she wasn't having sex with Eric Swalwell? Then again, who knows? She may have had standards. Oh, jeez. Eric Swalwell is involved with a spy, and Nancy Pelosi said not only House Intelligence Committee, but you get to be an impeachment manager. If you want to meet a group of unserious people that are giving the finger to America every single day and telling Midwest Main Street and the rest, holy cow, do we mock you. It's Nancy Pelosi. It's this right here, this massive unseriousness. Stomach the courage. Is this the, is this the conversation? Stomach the courage? Stomach the courage to do what? Stomach the courage to think that what happened at the Capitol is wrong? I don't think any of them are saying otherwise. I, I, I must admit that if there is a member of Congress saying, well, you know, it was totally fine. It wasn't totally fine. It wasn't totally fine. But that's not what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing is this was despicable. Arrest these people. And I am fine with the arresting of all of them. You know, there's there's part of the Declaration of Independence that I have read from time to time that is worthy of our attention because if said to these people right now, they would think that it is an act of insurrection or a call to insurrection or incitement. Prudence indeed will dictate 
that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such governments and to provide new guards for their future society. This, of course, is the argument that our founders made to saying, hey, King George, kiss off. But did you ever go through their abuses? Now, some of them... Uh, are, are much more of a historical context, but follow me here. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance, unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused, meaning King George, to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public record for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new office and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. I am nowhere near done. My point to you is, look at everything they list. For quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretend offenses, and they're still not done. The election didn't go your way, and I agree with you that there was some messed up stuff. Do you see the difference? Because if you don't... You can read it for yourself. It's our Declaration of Independence, don't you know? I'm Tony Katz. So they're talking impeachment, and they're on the floor of the House going back and forth making their statements. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Rumble, Tony Katz. Be supportive of Rumble. Support your local station where you hear this show and support those sponsors. They're going to need it more than ever. The, the House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, was talking. I think that's Kevin McCarthy right there. Is he done now? Who's up, producer Ari? Last week, despite the lingering shock and amid the windows still broken, we did what all healthy democracies do. We debated and we voted. In this country, we solve our disputes at the ballot box and, not, and through debates and votes on the floor of this exact chamber. We did our duty then, and we must do more. The eyes of the nation and the world are upon us. We must seize this opportunity and heal and grow stronger. As leaders, our place in history 
depends on whether we call on our better angels and refocus our efforts to work directly for the American people. United, we can deliver peace, strength, and prosperity our country's desperately needs. Divided, we will fail. What we saw last week was not the American way. Neither is the continued rhetoric that Joe Biden is not the legitimate president. Let's be clear. Joe Biden will be sworn in as President of the United States in one week because he won the election. And the presidency in this Congress will face immediate challenges that must be addressed. I stand ready to assist in that effort with good faith, goodwill, and an open hand. The United States remains exceptional. We remain extraordinary. In the coming weeks and months, we must work together, all of us, to recharge the light of our shining city on the hill. History has shown us a way. History has given us a path. Just as Adams and Jefferson has shown, now is the moment that we should do the exact same. In these trying times, may God continue to bless America. And let's chart a course that history will repeat, but not what's happening today. I yield back. The gentleman yields back. The gentleman from Ohio continues to reserve. The gentleman from New York is recognized. I think there's a reason Kevin Speaker. McCarthy just got a little bit of applause there, because he said the words, Joe Biden's going to get sworn in. Blowing up people who are like, oh, no, 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 you're going to see it. You're going to see the thing happen. <laughs> oh, Trump, four more years. Every day since the election, I've said, have a challenge. Take a look. See what happened. Go right ahead. No objection. No objection to it whatsoever. Why? Because that's what rational people do. They take a look at things that are peculiar. We follow that up by saying, the people who don't want to take a look, those are the people who are most dangerous. Those people, how could you be so incurious? Because for them, clearly the ends justify the means. That's clearly... The case, they don't care how they got there. Me, you, the system matters very, very much. But never once did we discuss that these things were going to go well. I remember when Sidney Powell said, well, we've got proof. And people were like, okay, let's see the proof. She doesn't have to show it to you. She has to show it to a judge. Okay, but eventually you're going to have to show it to people because the court of public opinion says you don't have anything until you have something. I wish you had something. She didn't. I'm not mad at Sidney Powell. She didn't. That's the story. As opposed to, let's say, someone like Lynn Wood, who I'm flat out disgusted with. Mike Pence is guilty of treason. He should be attacked. He should be executed. Even uh, Nicholas Sandman, who was Lynn Wood's client when he won the, the lawsuits against the Washington Post and, and CNN and others, was like, okay, what the hell is this? And that's the right answer. But never once did we say Biden won't be president. Well, the argument made was if it's Biden, as they're going through all these challenges, we're like, okay, we'll, we'll hang out, we'll wait. Is that aiding and abetting? Is that denying the election? No. You're going to challenge? What if you find something? Then they had the electoral count vote. They counted the votes, and there it was. That was that.
I think as rational people should do, we did rational things together. I'm not going to buy into the irrational of, oh, there's a surprise coming. Will you just wait? There's no surprise coming. And what Kevin McCarthy just said, Joe Biden won the election and Joe Biden is going to be sworn in, was the strong statement. The undeniable statement of, yeah, challenges were made. It's over. We moved on. Just like that. Some people can say, too little, too late. Uh, what, is, what does that matter? <laughs> what, they would say too little, too late to everything, all the time, anywhere. Right? I mean, that's, that just goes, that, that's obvious and clear. Who's up next there, Producer Ari? Maxine Waters. <gasps> Push them, shout at them, attack them in restaurants and gasoline stations, Maxine Waters. Let's hear it them to willingly join with white supremacists, neo-Nazis, and paramilitary extremists in a siege of the United States Capitol building, the very seat of American democracy. The the Republican Party is now the Trump Party. And I want you to know that this is a Trump power grab that will not stop. It will not stop with attacking the Capitol and our state legislatures. This president intends to exercise power long after he is out of office. It is reported that the president of the United States watched the invasion from the Oval Office of our Capitol and seemingly enjoyed it. I want you to know we should be concerned that the Republicans will not defend him, and he is capable of starting a civil war. He must be impeached. He must be stopped now. Gentleman from New York reserves. The gentleman from Ohio. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I would yield one minute to the gentleman from Washington, Mr. Newhouse. Thank you, Mr. Jordan. The gentleman from Washington is recognized for a minute. Thank you, Mr. Jordan. Madam Speaker, this is a sad day in our republic, but not as sad or disheartening as the violence we witnessed in the Capitol last Wednesday. We are all responsible. My colleagues are responsible for not condemning rioters this past year, like, like those who barricaded the doors of the Seattle Police Department and attempted to murder the officers inside. Others, including myself, are responsible for not speaking out sooner, before the president misinformed and inflamed a violent mob who tore down the American flag and brutally beat Capitol Police officers. Madam Speaker, we must all do better. These articles of impeachment are flawed, but I will not use process as an excuse. There is no excuse for President Trump's actions. The President took an oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Last week, there was a domestic threat at the door of the Capitol, and he did nothing to stop it. That is why, with a heavy heart and clear resolve, I will vote yes on these articles of impeachment. The gentleman from Ohio wishes to reserve. The gentleman uh, from Madam, Ohio wishes to reserve. Madam, Madam well, Speaker. Well, well, well. Dan Newhouse from the 4th Congressional District in Washington State going to vote yes on the articles. He was right. A lot of blame to go around. 
which would make it weird that you would vote yes on the articles. And if so, well, then you, you'd vote yes on censure of Speaker Pelosi and, and of Representative Ayanna Presley and, and maybe even expulsion. I would assume. I mean, I don't mind them having a point of view. I mind only that it is, uh, you know, properly applied everywhere. More on what's going on on the floor of the House. Are we going to see another impeachment? And could we see a trial before Trump is out of office? No way. No but way. I'm Tony Katz. So they continue on the House floor discussing the possibility of impeachment. You you can't prove the inciting. And if you want to say Trump incited a riot, there are so many people you get to go to. That is not to say that you can't be bothered by what Trump did or angry about what he did or said he did something. I, 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 I don't make that claim. I'm not telling you that. I am saying that the impeachment does Joe Biden no good, but he refuses to take control of his party. And remember, he told us, it's his party. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. On Rumble. Get the podcast at rumble.com. And if we're now going to blame people for creating these kinds of environments that lead to riots, what about the mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler? He was doing a local interview, and he was asked this question, and oh, was he offended. But just three weeks ago, protesters broke into the Oregon State Capitol. I have heard people at these protests elsewhere saying, well, they let it happen in Portland, so why not do it here? It seems in some way the actions of these small groups that you're referring to have set the stage for what has happened on a state level and potentially a national level. I know you said it will take time to crack down on these groups, but do we have that time? Are are you blaming me for what happened at the U.S. Capitol? I I don't buy that premise at all. Doesn't matter if you buy the premise at all. You should have seen the body language. Are you? He kind of turns sideways. Or gives a little sassy nine-year-old look. Uh, you know, uh, are, are, are you are you going to blame me? Good Lord, Ted. But yeah, you allowed these things to happen. You allowed these violence uh, activities uh, to to fester. So. Why shouldn't you be a part of the larger problem that has impacted us all? Everybody who has suffered at the hands of violent Antifa and Black Lives Matter protesters, everyone who has now suffered at the hands of those at the Capitol, I I guess if, if we're all guilty of our words, you are guilty of mismanagement. That's what it would seem to me. Now, two things going on that are pretty uh, important. The first is um, Dr. Amansef Slawi, who is the director of Operation Warp Speed, has submitted his resignation at the request of I President Biden. Sorry about that. That's so weird. Operation Warp Speed is what's gotten us to the place where we have the vaccines going out. It said, we will buy the vaccine. You just go about making vaccine. We'll move uh, the regulation issues out of your way. Just go to it. And then Big Pharma, which uh, people used to hate. Remember when they wanted to sue Big Pharma for oxycodone and oxycodone and and, and pain pills? Oh, my gosh, too many pain pills. Oh, they're responsible for getting people addicted. 
cities, municipalities want to sue Big Pharma. I said then. I say now, like you might. This is nuts. Why in the world? You want people living in pain? That's the better way to live? Ridiculous. Now, if you want to say somebody's overprescribing, well, that's a conversation you can have. But the people who make the stuff, bless their soul. No one should live in pain. And then Big Pharma went about, you know, saving us. But to resign, is that, is, is that because he's going to move over and continue this within the Biden administration? His exact quote was, as you know, I'm very supportive of this upcoming administration, really, of course, the operation and its mission. And I will do, be doing everything I can to help them succeed as part of that process, which I understand they've asked me to resign from my role as chief scientific advisor. Look, you can talk about the how the vaccine has been going, but you can't in any way think that Operation Warp Speed is anything less than a, a success. It's a complete and total success. The Trump administration, they actually want to move faster on getting doses out, right? They want to get more out. They've gotten, oh, I forget how many it is. They've, they've, they've got 8 million people vaccinated. They, they want to get another 24 million doses out. They're buying another round of, of, of doses. All good, all smart, all valuable. One of the problems is what's been going on in the states. How has Florida done such a good job and New York done such a, a, a terrible job? Well, part of that is based on how they said to administer. And what Florida said is, here, hospitals, you decide. And what New York said is, here, hospitals, Andrew Cuomo decides. And Andrew Cuomo put in some pretty radical concepts. By the way, the U.S. has distributed 25.4 million doses of vaccine. Only 8.9 million have been administered. I want to make sure I got those numbers right. It was bothering me. And they're trying to get more doses out. What New York said through Governor Cuomo is, here's the list. We give to people who are older. We give to people who are first responders. Well, what happens if somebody doesn't want the vaccine? You've got the vaccine. What do you do? You give it to people who are older. You give it to first responders. Yeah, but we've got someone here 65. No, no, no. Not, not old enough. 80. We don't have any more people who are 80, at least in this time, but this vaccine is going to go bad. We, we've got somebody. If you give it to them, it's a million-dollar fine. Okay. And they threw away vaccines. That's government. Florida, you know what the big issue was? Some people had to wait overnight outside in Florida. They weren't waiting outside overnight in Lincoln, Nebraska. Do you know how cold it is right now in Lincoln, Nebraska? Actually, it's 51 degrees. That's really nice. Wait a second. What's going on? Let's go. They totally ruined my joke. Totally just just ripped it apart. <laughs> I will get you back, Lincoln. Oh, yes. I've, ooh. By the way, have we arranged where I'm coming for a visit? Because <laughs> I'm supposed to, I'm, uh, we were going to do that in 2020. We were going to go out to Lincoln and visit and check in with people and smoke cigars and eat steaks and laugh. Uh, they were gonna, uh, a Husker game was definitely going to happen. And then, of course, coronavirus. So we got to get back.
But if you're going to wait anywhere overnight for a vaccine, Florida's the place to do it. Maybe Arizona. But that was the hospitals doing it, and this is the way they did it. And maybe they had some things to learn. But Florida's done a better job than New York. Operation Warp Speed worked. So I only hope that for, for this doctor, it's not all political, but rather he's going to continue to do work. He may not like Trump. What does that matter? Just do the job that we need you to do. No one actually cares about your political opinion. Get people healthy. That's all that matters. This is Tony Katz today.